Hey, fabulous listener. If you want to become a powerful and profitable trauma-informed coach, my business partner, Kushla, and I have a special free five-day training starting next Monday, April 29th. To join us, you can simply message me the word powerful at Erin Anderson Trauma Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me at Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and we'll send you the details so you can join us. We're going to be sharing some special training on our body, mind, energy approach to help clients have faster shifts and healing and how we make a consistent five figures each month as trauma-informed coaches. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know may like, make sure you come join us for this five-day challenge. We're going to be sharing more in there than most paid programs. Welcome to the other side of the struggle. This is a podcast where we talk about trauma, how to heal it, and then how to take it and use it to unlock your mission and your potential and to use it to live your very best dream life. When you're dealing with betrayal trauma, it can be hard to know how to heal it, how to stop the pain, and to know what your next steps are to take in your own life. And these are the questions that we try to answer here. Trauma has the ability to rob us of our joy and identity, which is why it's so miserable to experience. But with the right tools and with the right mindset, we can totally reclaim that joy and even use this trauma to strengthen ourselves so that way trauma does not knock us off of our joy again. Living your dream life should be a non-negotiable, but trauma tends to try to negotiate that with you. And even though trauma is not something that we will completely ever be free of in our life, the pain is negotiable. This is why I created Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and this podcast is because I want my listeners, I want my clients to live, truly live free from the prison that trauma can put you in. I want you to live on the other side of the struggle. Okay, I want you to stop what you're doing right now for just a minute, and I really want you to hear me out. I want you to go right now to erinanderson.cartra.com forward slash page forward slash heart of gold. There you are going to find a free meditation just for you from me. This meditation is amazing. Let me tell you a little bit about what it's going to give you. Okay. Number one, it's going to help boost your confidence. If you are dealing with trauma, then you are most likely dealing with a confidence issue as well. And it's something that you are really, really wanting back. Number two, 
it is going to help you find security in your situations in your life because it's going to help you gain a sense of self-love and some self-trust. The third thing this is going to give you is an ability to escape the trauma that you're experiencing right now, this very minute, and help you find peace and joy and love and a deep appreciation for you and your experiences. This is going to really help you reconnect with yourself. So that is very, very, very important when you are dealing with healing from trauma. So again, I'm going to tell you what it, what that website is that you need to go to. AaronAnderson.Kartra, K-A-R-T-R-A dot com slash page slash heart of gold capital h e a r t o f capital g o l d go check out this meditation please claim it for yourself because it is 100% a gift from me to you to help you heal right now from trauma all my love <music> Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side of the Struggle. Okay, you guys. This has been an episode that I have been planning for a while since ever since probably the beginning of the year when I have been like, you know, I really need to do an episode on boundaries. Um, and as I've been studying more and more and more about uh, this topic, today, I've realized it's probably going to have to be in several different episodes, but I definitely wanted to give an intro to you guys because, number one, we're talking about freedom this month. Uh, July is the month of freedom. July is the month where America celebrates its independence, right? And it's a big deal all throughout the country. We enjoy a lot of freedoms here in America. and um, freedom provides us with a sense of safety and security, and those are things that we cherish and value. But there's also the other side to this, that uh, that freedom does come at a cost. I mean, nothing that is of value comes free, <laughs> to be honest with you. I guess I, guess I shouldn't say that, because I think I've got some fabulous freebies in the in you know, on my website and on, uh, well, you know, places of business to offer you guys. But at the same time, too, if you consider that a free, like the reason why a freebie is there, it is also to provide great value for you. So that way you can provide more value for you. So really, the things that we value the most we're willing to spend our time, our energy, our money, our talents, and, and our resources on the things that we value and that matter to us. And safety is one of those things. 
It completely, utterly is. And um, boundaries are really important because they tend to provide us with that safety and security if they are done well. And we're going to talk about how to do them well and which boundaries like to consider today. Okay. But before we can do that, I kind of feel like we need to have some sort of an introduction into what boundaries are and what they are not. And uh, because I think boundaries are something that a lot of people really misunderstand. And that's part of the reason why I think as a society, um, as a world in general, sometimes we're really in a struggle boat. Um, and one of the things that I do think is is pretty evident and it's something I've heard from ever, all sides of the spectrum is that things are not going the way most of us want them to go. And I think everybody has some sort of a struggle. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of them because that's the kind of people this podcast is literally meant to attract. So it's important, therefore, for you guys to understand like how to set certain boundaries and what they are and what they are not. Um, and so let's go ahead and start with like what they aren't and how we misunderstand boundaries. Um, and let me just say that I think a lot of times the perception out there with boundaries is that boundaries are there to make someone else do what you want them to do so you can feel a certain way. And uh, that's not the case at all, because that's actually the very de definition of manipulation. And I don't know about you, but I definitely do not want to feel like I have to manipulate people or be responsible for other people in order for them to kind of get a clue. You know, I, I just don't really want that hanging over me because I am too invested in the good I get to create and the things that I get to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And if I'm busy focusing instead on, on what somebody else is doing, um, it distracts from all of that awesomeness instead. And so that's not something that I'm really intent on um, doing. And I guess you could say that's a boundary within me is that, uh, and it's actually one of my time boundaries, I should say, is that I don't want to give my time, my money, my energy, my talents, my resources that I get to spend on joy up for something that is going to frustrate me because trying to control another person is just simply frustrating. I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to be in that energy, right? So boundaries are not a way to manipulate or coerce a person. They're simply there to help you be your best self legitimately. And to be your best self, you don't allow the decisions, actions, results of other people to take that away from you. Um, so, for example, okay, I, I've I've heard this 
obviously, you know, I've, I've been, I've been coaching now for almost, for um, probably more than 10 years. And, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I don't have boundaries and they're super proud of that. And it kind of always leaves me scratching my head a little bit. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, if that's the case, I am walking into your house tonight. Matter of fact, no, I'm not walking in. I'm going to kick the door in, walk into your house. Um, I'm going to take your wallet, your cell phones, your TVs, your computers, all of the valuable stuff. And I'm just going to walk out and I'm going to sell it online and keep the money. Right? <laughs> Most people, oh, please tell me, you guys, that you would not be okay with that. Right? I would not be okay with that at all. And I would be saying a hard no to that. That is a violation of somebody's boundaries. So if you don't have boundaries, you're totally okay with that. Absolutely, totally, 100% okay with that. For me, no, I would not be okay with that. And to be honest with you, I would not be okay just walking into somebody's house either. I, I have some very, very personal boundaries, <laughs> which are called morals, that I would not do something like that, right? I, I have a way better opinion of myself than that. But it just kind of proves my point that um, boundaries actually provide freedom, not restriction. Boundaries provide safety, remember? And safety is something we get from freedom. It doesn't mean that it doesn't come free, that it comes without a cost. Um, but it just simply means that we're willing to pay that cost for the benefit it gives us. Um, so anyway, boundaries are not about getting somebody else to do something so you can feel better. They're not punishments. So now you might be asking me right now, okay, but my husband just looked at porn and I kicked him out on the couch. I felt like that was a boundary and I felt good about that boundary. So let's check into that for just a second, okay? How was the boundary set? How, what were you thinking when you set that boundary and how are you feeling when you set that boundary? And if you set the boundary in anger, that's called a leaky boundary. That's not something that um, is probably going to work well for you. And I know this because I've had leaky boundaries before and uh when I before when I had leaky boundaries and I would try to set something up like that a couple of days later the boundary would crumble see the boundary isn't set in the anger the anger is there to teach you that a boundary does need to be set but boundaries are set from self-care and love and uh self-respect, self-acceptance, and self-confidence. Boundaries are all about you and what and the level of love and self-respect you give yourself. That's legitimately what a boundary is is actually. And you, you really can't explain it better than that. It's not about what another person will or will not do. 
it's all about what you are willing to exchange. So, for example, you know, going back to the example, you know, me walking into somebody's house and robbing them blind, right? Um, that is an example of someone saying to themselves, I am not willing to trade my money for that result. I value my safety and security in my home more than I do what's in my bank account. And so they may go in and purchase a security system, right? Which I would totally agree with. I think that's a great idea. I hope you have one before you get to that point, right? Money is in our bank account, so that way we can decide if it's something we're willing to trade for something better. It's our, it's our trade-up potential. And with boundaries, they give you that ability to trade up, okay? But if you're accepting things that's causing you to trade down, like, in a sense, spending $50 million for a paperclip, right? That better be some golden paper clip. So how do you feel about boundaries? It's a legitimate question. A lot of people come to me really struggling with this concept. They often feel guilty for setting boundaries or they're not sure about even what a boundary is. You know, they've heard the term, set the boundary, things like that, but that's really confusing for them because it's not something that's well taught in our society nowadays, right? They know that boundaries are really important to having healthy, constructive, supportive, and wonderful relationships, but why? And oftentimes, they also know that they feel like their boundaries are being violated, but they can't quite pinpoint what the boundary is that's being violated. That's why I've created the Clarifying and Creating Your Boundaries free PDF. You can find out what your boundaries are, how to tune in to what the boundary needs to be, and how to effectively create and communicate your boundary. So that way you stay in this place that respects you, respects the other person, but also gives you the confidence in your boundaries so that way you stop being gaslighted, disrespected, and unseen. So having your boundaries really clear gives you a voice and also helps the other person stay in accountability with themselves. So that's not a role that you have to take on anymore. So if you are ready to really have clear boundaries, to really understand what your role is in the boundary, and to give yourself some safety and some protection against people that might try to gaslight you or are just being disrespectful, go grab my Creating and Clarifying Your Boundary PDF at AaronAndersonTheTraumaCoach.com. And while you're there, let's schedule a call with me. Come have a chat with me so that way I can really, really help you master this particular skill, creating boundaries, clarifying the boundary, communicating that boundary, 
and so that way I can also help you have relationships that show up to support you, cherish you, and love you. Most people wouldn't do that because they don't value the paperclip over the $50 million. But oftentimes people value um, being mistreated in a sense because they're trauma bonded to the person that is hurting them. And that trauma bond creates a almost like a fake sense of value to the person that is being victimized or hurt in this situation. And that you can see why that false sense of value, therefore, when we're trying to create a boundary out of that, the boundaries fall apart almost immediately. And so this is one of the reasons why it's so important to gain a good, healthy sense of self, a good, healthy sense of respect, and a good, healthy sense of unconditional self-love so that way you can create good, healthy boundaries that are not created from a trauma bond, okay? Um, and this is kind of where a leaky boundary comes into place because people that have leaky boundaries or, or the boundaries that easily fall apart usually have behind it a lack of confidence, a lack of respect, a lack of self-control, a lack of self-care, a lack of self-love. And because a leaky boundary is completely and utterly created from a sense of lack. But people, however, that have excellent boundaries usually have high confidence, high self-care, high self-respect, high self-love, an unconditional self-love. And these are people that are their own best friends, that they have their own back. So if we're going to learn to set boundaries, one of the first boundaries that you want to set for yourself is this, the boundary to be kind and loving to yourself and to give yourself unconditional self-love so that way you truly can create a better sense of um, how people should and should not treat you. Yes, a boundary is about creating the space you want. It's creating the house, the yard, the, and the fence around it. But it doesn't mean you keep people out. The fence doesn't keep people out. No, it shows people where to come in. It shows them where to, um, where, where the walkway is. It shows people how to respect you and not how to trample on your garden. <laughs> In, instead okay and the people that are set on trampling on your garden yeah they get to stay outside the fence that's a good place for them they want to do plant trampling let them stay out there okay so one thing that therefore is abundantly clear when it comes to setting boundaries is that a boundary cannot work without extreme self-love and care because through self-love and care is born a very healthy self-respect okay so 
with that, let's go into like the five different types of boundaries and what they are. And if you guys want more information about this and like learn a little bit more about boundaries and you don't want to wait for the several different podcast episodes where I dive deeper into each one of these, go check out uh, Beyond a Bitchy podcast uh, by Vicki Tidwell Palmer. This is like what she does. Um, and honestly, I learned a lot about boundaries from her podcast. And so definitely go check it out. Listen to what she has to say. But I'm going to break it down into five different types of boundaries. And granted, I honestly teach probably about seven different types of boundaries. Um, but we're only going to talk about five today. And the seven different types of boundaries are your listening boundary, your talking boundary, your physical boundary, your sexual boundary, your energetic boundary. And then you've also got your time and your money boundaries, which I do discuss with clients and potential clients as well, right? Because it all comes back down to trauma and how we think about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and the actions we're willing to take. That is literally what boundaries are all about. And so I teach a lot about boundaries. But as we dive in here, the first boundary that I mentioned is the listening boundary. And we're we're going to talk, I should say, about the listening, the time, the physical, the sexual, and the energetic boundaries today. And so the listening boundary is the number one boundary. It is the one that is the most important because it is the boundary that is going to give you the ability to create more boundaries actually. Okay. Um, there are so many different ways to listen. Obviously, you know, when, when you're dealing with other people, yes, you have to listen to them. And sometimes that creates a messy conversation, which PS we'll get into in another podcast episode, uh, first part of September, uh, I've got a really fabulous new guest speaker and her and I are going to be talking about, um, the messy conversation and the talking and the listening boundary in that particular conversation. So pay attention and stay tuned for that. But, um, basically it is the ability to listen to not only what somebody else is saying, your relationships, but also listening to what you yourself are saying, your body is saying, um, what your space is saying. Like there's many different ways to communicate. It's not just vocally. You can communicate uh, with your body. You can communicate like the universe communicates to you through your space. Um, like there's many different forms of communication listeners and it's important that we learn to check into and listen to them all and receive feedback. Now that's a big piece to this is that whole idea of receiving. You're listening to this podcast because you want to receive something, right? You're hoping to get something out of it that will give you a closer shot at the desire that you are wanting. I'm super glad you're listening for that reason, to be honest with you. But we don't do ourselves any favors by getting defensive by what by the feedback we're we're getting. So for example, okay, um I'm working on my health right now. Um, that's, that's 
a personal mission and a personal desire that I have to not only be at a at a healthy weight, and I'm not going to say a certain weight, but a healthier weight, um, and where my body is going to feel more vibrant, more energized, um, so that way I can fulfill my mission and purpose says I actually have more than one in a much more healthy and energetic way. Well, if I'm going to do that, then it makes sense that I would need to listen to my body. Now, I can look at my almost 200 pounds, guys. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not ashamed of it. Um, And say to myself, ooh, that's awful. <laughs> right? And I can look in the mirror and be totally disgusted. Or I can listen to what my body's trying to say. And realize that my body loves me. It's got my back. And it's saying, I'm protecting you. I am here to protect you. And so like all of these toxins and all of these things that are a threat to you, I'm encapsulating in fat. So that way you can be safe. And so for me, I get to thank my body. And say, okay, let me help you release that. Let me drink more water. Make sure I'm getting more sleep. Making sure that I'm getting adequate nutrition. And making sure that I'm really, really lowering my toxic intake. That sounds like a boundary, doesn't it? Lowering the toxic intake and upping the things that actually self-care you. And that is what listening does for you. It gives you the ability to lower the toxic up the self-care. Okay. And in order to be a good listener, you've got to learn to start also asking good questions. So taking back the idea of the body. Okay. Some of the questions I love to ask my body is, is, honey, how does that make you feel? Oh, baby, why do you feel so sick today? How can I support you? Do you need more rest? Okay. You've got it. Do you need to get away from a certain person's energy? And we'll get into that one. Okay, because that's the energy boundary. Okay. Does this sexual encounter or doing this sexual act make you feel uncomfortable? Okay. Does this um, physical experience make you scared or uncomfortable okay does what this person is what this person is saying about you make you uncomfortable okay and you can see now as I'm sitting here talking about listening and asking really good questions it helps us become a master listener and the mastery of listening gives us the ability to uh, communicate in a much better way, the boundary. Oftentimes, when you restate what another person has actually said almost word for word verbatim, without judgment, without any anger, without any expectation, that's that's another thing. Boundaries are not expectation. They are born from intention. Um, when you can drop all that expectation and you just restate what it is the person was saying to you, Oftentimes, that person will be like, oh, no, 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 that doesn't sound right. That's like, and they get the opportunity to kind of check their own thinking. And um, 
this is another reason why listening the listening boundary is number one is because oftentimes when you can listen and then talk it through, so talking boundary would probably be number two, and restate it back to them, oftentimes that's all you really have to do. And sometimes it comes from the actions, like the person's actions and their their words don't match up. And so you can say that, just, just simply restate the circumstance to them. Hey, you said this, but this is what I'm seeing. Which one do I believe and why? Asking really, really good questions to yourself as you're hearing a person talk is a beautiful way to create a listening boundary. A listening boundary is born out of the ability to understand. And trust me, you want that more than being understood at this point, simply because. And let me, you know, let me backtrack that for a second. It's important to understand yourself more than it is anyone else. Listening to yourself is key to being able to listen to another person and understanding yourself is key to understanding another person. And so it's very, very important. Therefore, when you're listening to understand, you're also listening to learn. And as an observer, you get to take what is actually true and what is not in your life. Take the things that are true, take them in, get rid of the things that do not serve you and keep them out, okay? Um, and then the other thing too about asking really great questions is it gives you clarity on your next move. And a clear boundary is not a leaky boundary. It is a boundary that is most likely going to stay in place should you ever find it being violated. Um, so, it's really important to master the skill of listening. Um, so that way you can master these other skills. Um, so let's go ahead and move on and talk about the talking boundary. And this is a boundary where we get to actually model e even a greater sense of respect. So if you're really listening first and foremost for, uh, to, to understand and to learn and to, truly make sure that you can get to know this other person and their thoughts and their beliefs and their actions. That is, of course, a level of, of respect, right? Not only for yourself, but for the other person, a person who listens for, who listens in order to respect is usually a person who values self-respect in a big way. Okay. And they, they really respect themselves. And a person who also respects themselves is going to speak in such a respectful manner. Okay. Um, so, for example, if somebody were to come to me and be like, oh, my gosh, you're fat and disgusting. You know, I can get super defensive. But that would actually be breaking my talking and listening boundary. <laughs> <laughs> completely because I'm then that means I'm taking that on as truth that maybe something that they said might be true about me and that hurts and I don't like that 
but I don't believe a word of it. I know I'm beautiful. I know I'm great. I know I'm fantastic. I know I am of great worth. And the reason I know that is because that's the vision that Christ and Jesus have about me or my highest form of love, depending on, you know, whether or not you believe you're Christian or not. Love believes those things about me. So I may as well align myself with love, right? Well, if I'm going to align myself with love, then I have to align myself with its beliefs. So for a talking boundary, honestly, to somebody coming up to me and spewing all this negative nonsense, all I sit there and do is, well, that's a very interesting perception that you have there. You're welcome to have that if it makes you feel better. That's it. That's all. It's still respectful, but it doesn't, it's basically not landing on me. I'm not taking this. I'm not going to hold on to this bull crap that is being spewed at me. People are welcome to their own viewpoints. I'm not going to try to change it. That's exhausting and that that's born out of manipulation. But for me to just simply, okay, you're welcome to believe that, is an energy of keeping my respect, respecting the other person's right to believe, see, speak what they want to, but it doesn't mean it has to land. Okay. The other thing about the talking, the talking boundary is it's really important to also lead with agreement. Okay. And what I mean by that is when somebody is coming to you with a grievance or a problem or some feedback um, or and sometimes they're getting really, really super emotional about it. And you're like, the emotions and the energy here, I'm not loving. Okay. And we'll get into that in just a second. But um, you can listen for the things you agree with. You know what? I totally do agree that my body could use a little bit of help. However, I don't agree with your sentiment of I'm disgusting. Um, I agree that freedom is really important. I agree that uh, we need to make some changes. I agree that we want to work on our finances. I agree, I agree, I agree. Lead with the pieces that you can agree with. Because when you lead with agreement, it helps diffuse the energy in the situation and um, it gives you the ability to actually get on the same playing field. Um, now, there are people out there that just want to rant and rail and spew and explode and want you to take all of that. Um, and you still get to... I would say definitely still lead with agreement in this and then in the agreement that you can agree with yourself that you're a respectful person, that you can respect yourself and this other person in this situation by simply saying, 
hey, I can see that you're really struggling with a few things right now and uh, having a conversation with you with these emotions um, is probably going to be pretty difficult. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you to it for a while. And, um, but when you're, when you're willing and ready to come back and discuss things with me, so you and I can have, um, to, can come to a similar arrangement and a similar deal and be, and get on the same page with things, then, uh, I'd love to have to continue this conversation, but it, it needs to stay respectful for both of us. And that's all you have to, res- that's all you have to say. That's all you have to respond. Okay. Um, also make sure again that you're listening because there are certain points that you might want to ask questions about, right? Um, why do you feel like I'm disgusting? That's a really interesting story you're saying there. What about, uh, someone that struggles with weight is disgusting. Okay. Um, doesn't mean I agree with it, but I definitely want to hear it from their mouth. Okay. I want to, I want them to give, have the opportunity to think through it. Um, and you also need to learn, learn how to listen in order to know what to say and how you can lead with the agreements. Make sure you're using I statements and not you statements. You don't want to come across, uh, in any way accusatory. I could say, you called me fat. That's rude. Or I could say, hmm, I don't love the way you're speaking to me. Definitely doesn't feel right. And I don't feel like it's respectful to either one of us. And so for that purpose, I'm going to go ahead and bow out of this conversation until you feel in a more res- like you're in a more respectful mood. Um, then we can maybe pick this conversation up again. Okay. Um, and you can also talk, like take ownership about your feelings and say, Hey, I'm feeling disrespect, disrespected in this conversation. Um, do you have any ideas of how we can fix that? No. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and stop the conversation then. And, um, we can readdress it when we're both feeling like we're in a much more respectful manner. Okay. Um, and then also with the listening, check in with the data that you're observing. Remember, like you're seeing, you're hearing someone say all this, but you're seeing all these results and the two aren't matching up. What is the actual data and present the actual data? Not what you perceive about the data just yet, but this is the data. This is the circumstance I've seen. And then you can say, this is what I have perceived from this data. And just realize that if you're trying to talk in order to guilt, shame, coerce, uh, criticize, control, blame, manipulate, or any of those, this is a good place to also put a boundary with yourself and say, hey, 
I'm not feeling very respectful towards you right now. And I feel like I need to go shift that and I need to go change that in order for us to have this discussion. Okay. Make sure that you are also setting really healthy boundaries for yourself because a person that really, truly does have self-confidence and loves themselves also is respectful towards other people in these, especially in conversation. Okay. Let's talk about the physical boundary. Um, this is a right to your space and to protect your own space. It is a right to not be touched, to have privacy, to have your physical needs met, like eating and resting. Um, and you get to tell people how to behave in the space. Remember, yes, a boundary is the fence, but you don't want people trampling through the flowers or the garden. You don't want people doing that. And so it's okay to show people where the gate is so that way they can respectfully come up your walkway and into your space. Okay. Um, and the, the physical boundary is all about, you know, your physical body, your physical possessions. And recently, uh, in the last 30 years, we've had an online physical space as well. So for people that come into my online, my Facebook group and choose to uh, disagree with everything I say, um, they choose to be combative or say how much they hate the group. And I have had this happen once. Once, most of the time, like most people really love this group, but the one person I'm thinking of, um, it was when the group was new, she and I had maybe like 150 members in there and she was new as well. And um, she came into my group. She started belittling, not just not just disagreeing, but belittling everything I said. Um, telling me how I was wrong and how I should see it. And it, it was all like very, very vindictive, anger, dread, uh, anger led, I'm sorry, and uh, hateful language that she was using. And um, and then she started talking about how much she hated the group and <laughs> how I had everything wrong. And I was like, Okay, we don't need to have this person in this group. She's toxic. And so I blocked her from my group. Well, she figured out she was blocked because <laughs> she couldn't see the group anymore. And she messaged me personally and started railing on me. Her husband messaged me and started railing on me. And I blocked them as well. And that's an example of protecting your online physical space because I don't deserve to be disrespect disrespected in such a way. And the boundary I set with her was, you're welcome to hate my group. You're welcome to hate what I say. You're welcome to disagree with me. And you're also welcome to go start your own group. I'm giving you that opportunity. This is probably the most loving thing I can do for you. She didn't love that. She hated it, as a matter of fact. But it was essential and necessary for me to set that boundary. So that way, the other members could have a good experience. And it was really interesting, too. After I uh, kicked her out of my group, 
my group grew by like 500 members the next month um, just because people really, really felt safe and respected in that space. Um, and I should also say that sometimes this is a boundary. The physical boundary is also a place sometimes where you're going to have to create some harder consequences. Um, like kicking someone out of your online presence or sometimes police need to get involved. If someone is consistently coming into your physical space and violating it, um, it is okay for you to say, hey, you do this again, I'm calling the cops. Um, an example of this would be like a dog, a very, very aggressive dog, and I've had this happen before, that consistently comes into my yard trying to bite me or my kids, right? That's my physical space. I am not safe in my physical space with this dog. And um, if the owner is not going to take care of the problem, then yes, I call the, the animal control officers. They come get the dog and the owner has to deal with it then. That's a very light example, but there, sh there could be some more extreme examples like uh, an unpredictable and dangerous uh, former spouse. Um, or you have a stalker or you're, you've got someone that is um, harassing you. Those are very good examples of times when it's okay to get the police involved to make sure that this boundary stays intact and that your self-respect and self-worth also stays intact as well. Um, because, and I'm not saying like if, if you're ever violated, then your self-worth should ever, ever uh, diminish. No, not at all. It wasn't your fault. Somebody, somebody else's actions are not your fault ever, period, end of discussion. More or less that oftentimes the, that it can definitely bring up some deep feelings of guilt and shame and feeling like you have violated yourself and that you deserved it. And I, I don't want you getting into that space because you didn't. You absolutely did not deserve that. And it's okay to get police help if necessary. Um, let's talk about the sexual boundary. Uh, a sexual boundary is what you are and are not okay with in your love life, in the bedroom, and in a sexual relationship. Um, personally, for me, a really hard boundary I've set in this area is that I don't believe in sex before marriage. I just don't. I feel like that is opening the door to a lot of heartache and a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And then you also have the pain of comparing your current partner to a past partner. And that comparison only reflects on you. And I I don't want that baggage in my life. Now, some people may agree with me. Some people may not agree with me. Um, and that's not the point of this. Okay. Um, I'm just simply giving an example of one of my hard physical, uh, my, um, one of my very, very um, 
non-negotiable sexual boundaries. And, um, and these are boundaries that we definitely don't want to have crossed because when you're in a sexual relationship, you are sharing some of the most vulnerable pieces of yourself. You're sharing your heart, your soul, your body, all of these things with another person. And you, you want to be able to do that in a respectful way for both of you. And this is part of the reason, too, why pornography is such a slap in the face to both a husband and a wife is because it's violating her uh, vulnerability with you. It's it's vul- it's violating the most vulnerable pieces of her, and it's also violating the most vulnerable pieces of him. So it's really important, therefore, that like I I would say that this is the boundary where we need the most self control, self mastery of, and it's unfortunately one of the boundaries that most people don't have control over. As I've been coaching for the last several years, this is something that comes up constantly. And um, this boundary violation really speaks to a person's level of self-respect and self-control. People that truly, truly respect themselves tend to have very, very good sexual boundaries. And because they want a good sexual experience with their partners. They want to feel loved. They want to feel cherished. They want to feel respected and seen and heard and valued in that relationship. They want to feel like they are completely safe with the partner that they're sharing these vital pieces of themselves with. And this is why I say that it's really important, therefore, to get clear on your wants and desires and what you are okay with and what you are not okay with in this boundary. So um, some of the pieces that I really want to put together here is you do not owe anybody sex. Let me say that again. You don't owe anybody sex. That is not a spendable commodity. If your husband is looking at porn, please do not think that having more sex with him will fix it. It won't. Because it's actually not about sex. It's about his self-respect, right? So giving someone sex to try to control an outcome or control them is only going to make you feel more and more and more like you're going to betray yourself. You do not need to give or owe someone a sexual favor. No, absolutely not. Um, because sex is nice, but it's not a need. It's a desire. It is simply a desire. Your needs are making sure you have food on the table in your bell and in your belly, a roof over your head, and clothes on your back. And water. <laughs> you, those are your needs. 
needs equal survival. If you go the rest of your life without sex, you will not die. You're not going to keel over and die. It is simply a desire. And a healthy sexual desire is to create a connection between you and your partner. But people who have really leaky sexual boundaries tend to look at porn. And it's because they're not interested in a connection. They're interested more in the disconnection. And that might sound harsh to some people, but that's that's the truth of the matter. That's exactly what it is. It's more of an interest in a disconnect. And the reason being is because they're trying to actually disconnect from their reality, their emotions, and their thoughts. They want to disconnect and destroy the discomfort. Sex between uh, two loving partners is not about destruction. It's about creation. You create beautiful children through a loving, healthy sexual relationship. You get to create um, really seriously a a feeling of being cherished in a healthy sexual relationship. And as adults, it is up to us to control our desires. That is what self-mastery is all about. And one of the ways we get to master this is first, in really getting clear about what our sexual desires are and mastering those things. So that way we can bring an intense love and desire for another person because it's super passionate and super sexy to be the object of someone's desires and to consistently be the objects of someone's desires. There's nothing that will make you feel more cherished than that. And so therefore, if you're not getting that, then it's really important to set some really, really firm sexual boundaries And it's okay to say no. It is okay to say, no, we're not doing that. I don't feel like you cherish me. And I don't feel like I'm the object of your desire. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to hate you for that. And I'm not going to be angry at you for that. But I'm not going to release these vulnerable, beautiful pieces of myself to you to be shattered. Um, another piece of the sexual boundary too is presenting yourself in a confident way. Um, so that way you can maintain healthy boundaries in all these other areas. They did a study, um, a while back. I don't remember how far ago, far back it was where, um, they went into prisons and they interviewed, uh, rapists actually, like, uh, serial rapists about the people that they targeted the most. And without fail, every single one of them talked about targeting those that were weak and vulnerable. And if they they looked for people that didn't look like they were confident, that looked like they had shame 
that looked like they didn't like themselves. And the reason being is because those people were a lot more likely to blame themselves for the actions of another person and to not actually leave the blame and the responsibility with someone, with with the person that did the action. And if they're going to do that, then they're also not going to call the cops and report it. And so the person that did the action got away until they made a mistake and somebody actually did report it. Um, Now, the piece, too, that I really want to point into this is if you're ever raped, it's not your fault. Again, that is the actions of another. And I'm sorry to say it, but stupid human. You are not responsible for the actions, the thoughts, nothing of another person not responsible. Because if somebody is out to hurt you, that is a result of their problems with disciplining themselves. Um, But gaining your own confidence is definitely something that is going to create a very solid boundary in all of these areas. And the very last boundary that we're going to talk about is the energy boundary. And um, you probably walk into a room before where there's just been that one person sitting there that you just feel the heebie-jeebies with. And you're like, okay, I don't want to get close to that person. And there's also been times, you know, where you kind of picked up on some vibes from a person and you're just like, "Mm, I don't know. And then they turn out to be fine, right? Well, it's okay to feel how you feel, to make a judgment based off of the first impression. For example, if somebody, if I'm walking by someone who hasn't looked like they've showered in six months, whose hair is a total mess, whose clothes are basically falling off of them, I'm going to make the assumption that that person is homeless. Okay. And that's a first impression. And that person is also giving off an energy. Now, what I tend to do with that energy is going to be key. I'm not going to approach that person personally. Um, I'm going to possibly approach them with a community, um, but not personally because, you know, you never know. Like for me personally, I never know what um, caused somebody else's results. And I don't want to be another cause of their results necessarily. Um, But Sometimes, um, I know in my own personal life, like I've made an initial judgment based off of the way a person looks or feels, and they turn out, and I'm actually thinking of a few specific people right now, but they turn out to be just beautiful humans, and uh, they're, to this day, some of my favorite people, closest friends. Um, that I totally, totally love. They're like family to me. And, um, but the first impression I got was a little bit uncomfortable, just kind of had a little bit of a, an energy crash. (laughs) And, um, it got, it gave me an opportunity to kind of get to know them a little better. Okay. 
But then there are also sometimes the people that you just have a giant energy crash with and you know for a fact that that is not a person you want to associate with. Don't second guess it. That's an energy boundary. To be able to say, no, I do not accept this energy and to shield yourself. And you can literally envision like a shield in front of you that's super big, super tall. Um, so that way their energy stays out. Uh, one of my favorite things to do personally when I feel like somebody's energy is just really crashing into mine and it's making me super uncomfortable is I love to envision the Savior walking up behind me, putting his arms around me, and then his light just pushing all of the negative away. That is such a powerful shielding vision for me, and it's worked so many times. And um, But oftentimes, the people that completely repel me have a big blame, anger, lustful uh, energy. And um, you can tell because possibly the way they're staring at you, uh, you know, a, a story actually about this uh, boundary is um, when I was a little girl, I was at a, uh, I was on a, I was on a trip with my family and I've always been a very intuitive person like I can just kind of feel the thoughts and intentions of another person and granted once in a while I am wrong but it's it's pretty rare and um I was at this museum and I was standing next to my dad and I look through the window and there's a man who's smoking a cigarette and he's watching me through this window and he, he motions with his finger for me to come to him. And immediately I felt sick. And I was maybe only four or five at this point. Um, but I grabbed my dad's hand and I pointed at the man. And the man took off running. So off, obviously, like that's an, that's an example of somebody's energy crashing into mine. I didn't feel comfortable with the way that he was looking at me. I didn't feel comfortable with the way that he was watching me. And um, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that person wanted to hurt me. And I was not going to go to him no matter what. And um, my dad, bless his, bless his heart, actually chased the man off. Um, like he, he took off after the guy, but the guy got away. So we don't know who it was to this day, but I just remember that experience and the energy I felt and it was so icky. And, um, for me, seek like it was almost an immediate boundary, something I hadn't necessarily had to learn, but it was immediately for me to seek out safety and love and support. And my dad ended up being my shield that day. And so um, it's okay to have your first impression and to not judge yourself 
for having a negative first impression of a person. Um, sometimes they're right. I'd probably say more often than not they're right. Um, unless if you end up being a very judgmental person. But if you are a very kind, loving person who tends to think the best about people and you're getting just that vibe, listen to it, it is most likely correct. Okay. Um, so I hope that this was helpful um, to you listeners. Uh, obviously, we're going to get into more about boundaries and how to use them in your life, how to actually put them into place and um, how to create. And that's a juicy one. How to create with these five boundaries. Well, seven boundaries, because we're going to get into the time and the money boundary eventually, too. But um, next week, we're, we actually have our guest speaker, one of my beautiful, beautiful guest speakers, Corey Sullivan, back with us on the podcast. And she's going to talk about how to find freedom after divorce. And we'll be getting into um, a little bit with boundaries. Uh, I won't necessarily, we won't be necessarily stating these boundaries exactly, but um, pay attention and see if you can pick out which of the boundaries we talk about. So anyway, my loves, I hope you have a fantastic week. And until next week, I'll see you on the other side. Bye, everyone. Okay, my loves. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed, like you have lost yourself in the trauma, and like you have to control everyone and their decisions all the time? If that is you, then I have a brand new freebie just for you to help you start to organize your life and your time to start reflecting more of what it is you truly want. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard clients and potential clients say that they just wish that they could find themselves again after the trauma, that the trauma is consuming their every thought and that they just cannot move past it and that they're feeling super, super overwhelmed by life and their responsibilities and that they just don't have time for themselves anymore. The aim with organized for healing is simply to help you simplify, get some answers, figure it out what it is that you truly do want, start gaining the confidence in yourself and your decisions, and discover yourself again to get clear with who you are, have your own back, and become your own best friend. Because, my loves, when you truly, truly have those things, you are in true healing mode and in a mode where trauma cannot disrupt you again. So if you are ready to take some simple actions and simplify your life and to start getting back into play mode and start reclaiming your confidence, your desires and your life and identity again, go grab my free PDF, Organize for Healing. It is in the link below in the descriptions. Go grab it and I will see you on the other side. From my heart to your heart. Bye. Hey guys. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening in on this podcasting episode. Don't forget to tune in next week. It's going to